I'm Greg Fairchild. I'm a faculty member at the Darden School, and family-owned businesses have always been a central theme of what has driven my work. Kim and Simon Moorish have the largest landscaping company in the United Kingdom. They are not only a company that's been recognized globally, but they're a company that has designed the types of quality in an industry that landscaping, commercial landscaping, that may not be known for creating that level of quality that continues to build strong bases in partnerships and growth for business. Now, the Moorishes actually uh, bought their way into their family-owned businesses. They took a firm that was already a commercial landscaping business and then imbued it with their knowledge from their own business school education. Now, it just so happens Kim Brown Moorish is my former classmate also at the Darden School. She's someone I knew years ago, I've stayed in touch with. She had many travels around the globe and found her way to marry her husband, Simon, and they together have grown, again, what is a fascinating and remarkable business that is a leader in its industry on the planet. I'd like you now to have an opportunity to hear from Kim and her thoughts on how she and Simon have developed and grown ground control to be one of the leading businesses in its sector. Kim, your story starts with your grandparents' company. Can you share some early memories and the impact they made and still have on the way you run your firm today? It really brought back a lot of memories. The The building that L.L. Brown was housed in was an old bank building right in the middle of downtown. And it was so substantial, you know, big stone um, facade and then all marble countertops on the inside. And so it, was, it just made a big impression as a little kid running around in there. And my my dad and grandfather were great role models. They worked side by side when I was a little kid. And then my granddad retired in his 80s. But they were always focused on the customer, um, real heavily involved in the community they believed in national service. They were real committed to civic responsibilities and philanthropy. And I think both of these men, and they had such strong moral and ethical compasses um, that really drove the way they treated people and the way they acted. And I think of my daddy always did the right thing, and he still very much does that. The family insurance business focused on great service to the local communities, and my grandmother and grandfather built this in the 1920s. And my my grandfather had his best salesman and his office manager also participate in the equity. He gave them shares, and then they later bought more shares. And later in the 1960s, my dad came and uh, came into the business, and he bought shares. So um, it was a very unique model for a family business that not only was it passed down to my dad, but to others that would re- had really been instrumental in building the business. Um, and over 90 years the business has existed, there's been three generations of two different families that have worked both in leaders as leaders in the business and shareholders. And two of the sisters, one of whom was the office manager, they've both worked there for over 50 years as well. So that business is truly a multi-generational, multi-family business. Can you share more about your idea of collective accountability? How does that work at Ground Control? One of the characteristics 
of that sort of multi-generational um, business. It's family businesses, the collective accountability of it. This is a, a bit more tricky to explain, but in the same way my, my grandparents shared their business ownership, the accountability of the business and the reward, when Simon and I structured our purchase of ground control, we structured it to ensure that everybody that was leading the business, they were also equity owners. And the four directors at the time that we purchased ground control in 2004, we had them mortgage their homes to invest alongside us. So they should not only feel accountable for for the the results of the business, but they would also share in the success. Um, this is collective accountability in terms of a, the structure of the financing of it's called a BIMBO, a buy-in management buyout. So you have people buying in, my husband and I, and then the senior team bought out the former owner. So they were the next tier. They were his succession plan, but um, they needed support, you know, external financing and some some um, professional leadership to get the deal off. And so that's how we all came together. And then a few years ago, a new senior hire commented on this culture of our business around the collective accountability because it really does feel like a family. And he marveled, and we were doing a piece on culture, and he marveled at how candid our senior meetings are. And, and he described this in the camera at the time, how everyone um, feels that they're able and not, not only able but responsible to challenge their peers and give pretty candid feedback, even when it's hard to hear. And he described how he saw our business as really mu very much a family business where everything that's said, even when it's brutal, it's in the best interest of the health of our customers, our, our people that work with us, or even the organization. And so that collective accountability produces very lively and tough discussions, uh, but we pull together to get the best solutions. And one thing that's a real characteristic of our, these, these, you know, these big meetings, so whether they're management retreats, board retreats, our quarterly board meetings, we always get together afterwards. Um, and we come together for dinner. We break bread together and we remind ourselves that we're on the same team. In the case, you reference multiple times the importance of investing in people. What do you mean by that, and how does one do it? Investment in people. I, I talk about this all the time. I think people, whatever you're doing, the people are your very most important resource, and it's definitely the case in our business. We bought a business that cuts grass. So that's a business with incredibly low barriers to entry. How have we been so successful? It's because we have focused, you know, soul-minded focus on recruiting, engaging, developing, and retaining the very best people we can get our hands on. And we've worked tirelessly. I mean, just tirelessly invested really heavily financially as well in the culture of the business where we show that we put people at the center of everything we do. As a mother of four children, it's very, it's very similar. The way you think about investing in your children, I think anyone who's had kids, they, boy, it's expensive too. You do everything for your kids to give them the best chances. Um, I want to give my kids every opportunity to thrive and to, to develop and for them to find their most fulfilling path and have success in whatever they choose to do. So, you know, as a parent, I prepare them the best I can. I choose, I choose their schools and their tutors, coaches, 
um, I want them to feel safe and secure to have that foundation under them that they feel there's real security in our home and as importantly to feel acknowledged and valued and all these all these things are the same way we try to build and instill the culture in our business to help our employees feel supported, acknowledged, valued, for them to believe things are fair. And if they work hard, they'll get the rewards of that work. Um, for the same way I think of my family, that you, you know, you work hard and you stick with things and it pays off. It's, it's all worth it in the end. So there's, there's blurred lines always for us because I run and own a business with my husband. We have four kids together, but that investment in people, so much of the, so many of the principles around how we've built the business is the same principles we've used with the kids. So, uh, lots of investment in training and education. I think that that's your passport for whatever you want to do in your life. So we've put dozens of employees through leadership training. We put the whole business through Lean Six Sigma at one point. We've, we've put dozens through executive MBAs and I'm a big fan of individual coaching because especially as you develop in your career, getting the right coach to hone in on skills and help you get exactly where you want to go uh, is, is pretty vital. So, you know, my kids have <laughs> a swimming coach and we have a lot of individual coaches. We have a wide assortment because there's different needs and, and issues that leaders are grappling with that come in and, and coach our people. We also have two psychologists that come in one day a week because sometimes coaching isn't a skill as much as it could be a personal issue or a mental roadblock that's holding you back from achieving what you want to achieve. And so um, after years of hiring coaches, I thought, you know what we really need on top of this is something that helps support these other areas that are are um, troublesome, they're holding folks back or they're hurting them. And so we've invested you know, pretty significantly in that as well. We've always been on the lookout for talent. <laughs> restaurants, bars, playgrounds, airlines, wherever I am, I'm looking for talent. Or I'll hear about somebody and I'll pick up the phone and call them. Or they'll speak at a conference and I'll get in touch with them. So being on the lookout for talent recruiting, but also in developing people, because we have 1,100 employees now. And so what you hear about somebody, something, you know, something exceptional they've done or something amazing they've done, and you... You tap into that. So we hire great people. And even if we don't have a vacancy, we meet somebody who's a star, we just bring them on and we, we try to figure it out as we go. We've always dedicated a huge amount of time talking about talent and how we can develop it. We do semi-annual bonuses. And these it used to be over beers after work every six months. And now it's three full days for our remuneration committee, which is mo mostly the board and a couple of the execs getting together and we talk about talent. We talk about not only uh, the, the performance against strategic objectives, but, you know, we're, what kind of magic, where folks go an extra mile, what they're demonstrating, what potential we see. And, um, and it's very time-consuming. And we talk about how we can help develop it. We spend a lot of time in one-on-one -on -one conversations with our people. So how we develop talent, sometimes it's just given new people or have potentials, different opportunities, a bit of baptism, baptism by fire, or just letting them swim. And other times we support them with more formal educational development and coaching. I, I love telling the story of one of our most senior leaders, a guy named Jay Hancocks. He was the 
assistant gardener at the Tower of London when Simon and I bought the business 14 years ago. And he is now one of our most senior leaders on the executive team. And he's running in his portfolio for summer and winter maintenance around 100 million pounds of revenue. And his career has just been meteoric. It's so exciting. And not only has he grown in so many different skills, we put him through an executive MBA at a top school in the U.S. We've put him through black belt, lean six sigma. He's just so hungry to learn and develop. And he's a really, you know, quite significant shareholder in the business as well. We're real believers in rewarding success, not only with promotions, bonuses, but more importantly in in that equity participation, because that's the game changer. What are your thoughts about succession? You're doing succession planning. You want your employees, especially your high potentials, to believe the door is always open and and that you're looking for a development. You're looking for the right people and helping develop them in the path that they want to be developed. We've already replaced the original senior leadership team once. So everyone that bought the business together was leading the business in 2014 has come off the main leadership team, moved into board roles, or retired. We're on our second leadership team, and we're working very diligently now preparing the next tier of leadership in the business. So it's always thinking about succession, always building bench strength. And when you're when you're really focused on aggressive growth, which we has which we have been, we've grown the business from eight million pounds of revenue to 140, so like 180 million dollars U.S. now. It's really aggressive growth that you need talent. And we love homegrown talent. So along with talent we can acquire when we buy a business and we do we do, do external recruiting. We love developing people from within. And I you know that's probably our biggest constraint is having enough people ready to take on the new challenges when we identify them. Do you have any final words for our listeners? The subject on family business when I was asked to to do a paper on this with Darden, I thought, well, this isn't truly a family business because we bought it. It's, it wasn't passed down through the generations. But I think of ground control as truly a modern family business that you know, the meritocracy, the development, the belief, the, the chance for share ownership. Um, there's loads of married people, fathers, sons, fathers, daughters, mothers, daughters, and sons working all throughout the business. So there's family, but it's not in the traditional sense. Um, I've learned so much about running a business from the values I saw in my grandfather and my father. And I've learned so much about how you should treat people from my mother and being a mother myself. Uh, those those values, those beliefs, the care, the cur- concern, and consideration, those those. Those attributes, um, that is all for my own family and my husband's family, and it's just been reapplied in the business that we've built. I think my husband's been a truly amazing partner as well in buying and growing and leading this business. And we are so unique in that we've been able to work in partnership together to balance the demands of four kids, a really busy household, our business, the people in our business, and our own interests. Um, and that is a that is a tough <laughs> that is a tough balancing act. We have been working together for twenty years, and um, and we've held ground control for fourteen and a half now. Uh, the fact we share so many of the same values and beliefs and are committed to a common culture has made all the difference, I think, in the success of our business.
Kim, I want to thank you again for your participation in our discussion about family business.